0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: It's all Friday afternoon in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and Laura Lee, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. We are at Free. We are here every Friday leading through and up to the end of the football season. Breaking news, like within just the last few minutes, Tyler Buckner has been named the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama in the game at Tampa tomorrow at 2.30 Central Time. Lars, we heard this. We checked our sources. And then you clicked on one particular article, it said who? John Talty. John Talty. It's gold. It's, I gold. Mean, it's gold as far yeah, as its, its source. Yeah. Yes. Why? Um, okay, so
2: Alabama has had a long run of elite quarterbacks, right? You go back uh, to 2016. Since then, every starting quarterback at Alabama is now a currently starting in the NFL. And every single one of them earned Heisman Trophy vo- votes at some point. Uh, though Jalen Hurts earned his while he was at Oklahoma. So the expectation level is pretty high at the quarterback position. And uh, Jalen Milroe, uh, was the starter in game one against uh, Middle Tennessee State. Played really well. Last week, Not so much. Uh, His accuracy was off, especially down the field throws. Uh, Completed just 14 of 27 passes, which is uh, about 52%. Two really bad interceptions. And, uh, and, 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 and they were very costly. Uh, the first one was returned to the Alabama 30 after a promising start to a drive, set up a Texas field goal. And the second came after, uh, Texas had uh, taken a 2016 lead and it set up a, another touchdown and ultimately beating, uh, Alabama by the, the final, the, by what was the final score. And so, uh, just yesterday during the SEC teleconference, uh, Nick Saban was asked about, uh, Milroe and, and, uh, and, 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 also, uh, just, you know, what does it take to, uh, what, what is the threshold for benching a player? And this could have been an opportunity for Nick Saban to give his quarterback a real vote of confidence. And instead, he said, uh, quote, we evaluate every position every week. If guys want security in their position, they need to play well. Uh, Everybody on our team knows that. I think everybody responds in a positive way to try to get better and improve. We constantly evaluate the position as we do every position. And when I heard that, Matt, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, there may be a a switch coming. And so, sure enough, uh, Tyler Buckner is going to be Alabama's starting quarterback
1: on Saturday. It surprised me. It It surprised me more than just a little bit. You know, you could kind of expect the change if Milro didn't come out of the blocks like Saban and Reese wanted him to Saturday afternoon. That would have been the way I've seen, I would have seen Tyler Buckner getting back and getting more snaps. But does this indicate, all right, it's just not going very well. We're going to start him. Is that an indication, Laura Lee? Is that an indication Tyler Buckner is a starter for the rest of the year if he performs average or above against the Bulls of South
3: Florida? It's possible, but it could also be a message to Milrow. Sit him down on the bench for a little while and see how it feels.
2: I also think, uh, look, Tyler Buckner has familiarity with Tommy Reese's system. Obviously, he played under it at, at Notre Dame but here's something more pressing. That time is of the essence here. So why make the change against South Florida? Why not just give? Ole Miss why not, why not give Jalen Milroe another week? Well, you know what? Alabama has little time to lose because number 17 Ole Miss uh, will be facing Alabama in week four, and that is uh, an SEC West opponent. That has traditionally given Alabama problems, and oh, guess who their coach is? Lane Kiffin, who is intimately familiar with the uh, Saban-style defense, and you would uh, you would assume that they're going to put up some points. Will they put up as many points against Alabama as Texas? I don't know, but Alabama's offense is going to have to generate uh, some points to beat Ole Miss. I mean, we were talking about on the way here, Matt, that. Uh, Ole Miss is a dangerous, dangerous team, and I think this move indicates to uh, all of us—or should indicate—that the coaching staff at Alabama is worried about Ole Miss and about you the. You lose lack the
1: of Ole Miss game, Lars. Season's over, pretty season's, much over. Yeah, it's over.
2: Oh. Um, I mean, well, national championship aspirations are over.
1: Well, you know, you could. Eventually, there'll be a two-loss team get in here. Of course, we're going to the expanded Won't format be this year. But um, you know, they could still go win the SEC, though. I mean, they could still go play in Atlanta, beat Georgia, and win the conference, would they be? Well, that's, but a, that's a, so that, far down You know down what, that's the a line. nightmare scenario for the SEC. If that, well, if that the happens, no, if that
2: happens <laughs> the, you, it, the SEC could actually get shut out of the college football playoffs because you could make the argument that's that uh, the Pac-12 is deeper and better conference than the SEC, that the Big Ten is, and uh, you got a Big 12 team in Texas that already beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So suddenly there's not a lot of spots left in
1: the college football playoffs. And what is, if Florida State runs the table? mean, uh, they've got the schedule. Yeah. What, what I wonder is if this indicates that coming off the loss, and by the way, Melrose, a stand-up guy in his post-game comments, handled himself like a very, very mature young man. But does that say, okay, first couple of days of practice, he didn't handle it well. That, my read is that that, that happened because you know, if he'd played really well in practice, I think he'd be starting. It, am, am I overreading that? I don't know. Uh, the move does reek of desperation
2: a yes, little it bit. It does. It does. I, because I, this is not, a typical Nick Saban move. No. He usually waits longer than this to make a change at quarterback and uh but I think he looks at the schedule and he sees Old Miss and he said uh, saying, "Hey, we got to get our guy ready." And the thing is, I think about Buckner, he if he just takes care of the ball, doesn't throw interceptions. So th- those interceptions ultimately were the turning point in the game. Would you agree with well, that,
1: Laura well, Lee?
2: You can't lose the turnover. You can't lose led, the
1: turnover battle. Yeah, but no, and lost a penalty battle, too. And, uh, pen- two penalties cost us scores. But um, I wonder, Laura Lee, what happens, and I, I think I'm probably putting on some binoculars here trying to see too far, but against a team like South Florida, Buckner could have a game very similar to what Milrow had against Middle Tennessee State University and then get slammed all Miss.
3: That's true. I mean, if he then where are you? If he doesn't have a game like Milrow did against MTSU, then I'd be worried. Um. <laughs> the
1: great point. I would be, too.
3: Uh, you know, I think the challenge is if you're gonna have to, if you're gonna play Milro, you have to design an offense that goes to his strengths. If you're gonna play Buckner, well that's different. He's, he's a different kind of quarterback and that's what I saw last week was, I mean, why didn't you run Jalen? They didn't stop him.
2: Yeah, why, why not more RPO? Why not getting, Millrow Rowe out on the edge.
1: Well, uh, I think right. that's, not, that's not Tommy Reese's offense. No. Right. And, Tyler Buckner is so, quarterback with, which to leads run me to go offense. back to the spring and the summer. Yeah. What were they doing? <laughs> well, I mean, if Bill going to be your starter, you design the offense for that. Right. Exactly. You don't get two games in
2: the season and go, okay. Tell your offense to your talent. Wow. Right. But Nick Saban knows that.
3: Well, I think it's that was part are. of the problem on Saturday night. They, they kept changing. There was no identity there. So um, let's see what Tyler Buckner does.
1: Well, and, and I, I say this every day since, but the. Texas defensive front is more than formidable. And they probably determined more about the outcome of the game than anybody else, including Milrow, maybe not Quinn Evers, because you and I, he was the best if, if there's a the fan field. club in Alabama, you and I would probably yes. be the president and vice president. I just, I think the world of him. Um, I and think he, I, just, I, would, I would take him over Caleb Williams right now. You know, I the first pick the I'm, draft. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm old school. I don't like <laughs> Tennessee very much at all. Uh, but uh, Joe Milton, I mean, his build, uh, his outlook, his arm strength threw an orange 155 yards or something like that. <laughs> but it was, uh, it not was from, 150. No, but it was from the goal line <laughs> around the 10, and it went over the end zone and smashed into a concrete wall, so I'm guessing 120 maybe, but uh, I didn't step it off either. But is uh, an Achilles throwing a, <laughs> uh <laughs> throwing an an orange throw butt. a football 75, 80 yards without problem. Boy, we're going to get a great perspective
2: on uh, Tyler Buckner from uh, uh, one of my uh, students, and uh, on the other side, and uh, just get get the uh, temperature of uh, of uh, again just the, the student body at Alabama.
1: Do they agree in general with this decision or not?
3: Um.
1: That's a great question, and he'll know all because he knows all 38,476 correct? Yes. You see them on a regular basis? <laughs> I'll, I'll get you in a minute, but uh, we are at Ennis Free, Irish uh, Pub, and their lucky lunch menu is out. So I'm going to order uh, fried catfish, which I know you love. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you got some greens. I'm not my thing. got green beans. I'll order up during the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Come by, have a beer, have a sandwich, have a hamburger. We're right here on University Boulevard. We'll be here until 2.
2: Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 792 1813. That's 205 792 1813. Let Haley help you.
0: NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers this afternoon and tonight. The sky occasionally cloudy. The high today 83, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow mostly cloudy. A chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high 84. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 86 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
5: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Oh mm-hmm.
1: We're coming to you live from Innisfree Free, right here on University Boulevard. Drop by the Lucky Lunch Special, where uh, you get a meat and three for nine ninety nine. I don't know where you can get a better deal than that. But we are going to be here until two. But you should be here this weekend. Uh, come on by tonight. I know a lot of uh, you students, maybe Peyton, yeah. will be uh, will be here maybe. tonight. But um, if I were over in this area, in fact, a lot of people will be because the game's out of town. The whole student body doesn't go. Uh, this would be a place to come watch the ball game. Yeah. Speaking of students, Lars. Yeah, join us now is uh, one of my students,
2: Peyton Davis, who is a junior out of uh, New Orleans. He's a uh, news media major with a sports focus. So, uh, Peyton, uh, g- just give us, before we dig into your analysis here, and, and uh, we're going to use you as a representative voice of the entire Almost student body. Yeah. 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 You're speaking for 30 right. Yeah, so get ready buddy um yeah just give us a little bit
6: about your background what led you
2: to come to alabama
6: well uh i'm a big family sort of background here at university of alabama um being from new orleans being around people always say why did not you go to lsu stuff like that uh couldn't dream of it um uh, most of my family is from here and i grew up diehard alabama through all the Saban era and all that so that was really my experience growing up and that led me here and my um Background trying to be a sports analyst, journalist, whatever is, uh, I just knew from a young age, I remember sitting in the car with my mom in like second grade just being like, I feel bad for people who don't know what they want to do with their, you know, career experience because I know this is what I want to do. So, um, hopefully this is a good experience for me and I'm trying to get, um, on 90.7 here in Tuscaloosa, um, the capstone is student run WVUA FM uh, on Saturday mornings from 8 to 10, you know, previewing the college football day. So uh, it's been a lot of fun getting experience on the radio, and I'm looking forward to more of it. What was your experience like on Saturday night during the game? Uh, well, I, you know, sitting from the student section is a really interesting, you know, sort of perspective because you kind of get the end zone. You kind of see all of it. And I think the thing that stood out to me the most um, leaving that game was just the difference in, and really just the, the way the gap is closed between the SEC and every other conference in the Power Five because you see Florida State push around FSU like they did. You see Utah push around Florida, Texas push around Alabama in the second half. I mean, we couldn't run the ball, you know, in the first, I think the first quarter, you know, McClellan got off to a really good start, but, you know, that like you said, um, Matt, before the break, is, uh, you know, Texas has a lot of experience up front, and they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're all juniors and seniors out there, and they're grown men, and they really have a strong, that's the difference between this Texas team, because they're usually good in the skill positions, but on the front lines, the way they're able to push around an um, Alabama offensive line that's, in terms of average size, bigger than, like, any other NFL line is pretty remarkable, and and I thought the way they got pressure in Milrose's face made him really uncomfortable early on. And he looked tight throughout the game. And you saw it on the first interception. I mean, he just throws that ball two, two seconds late, probably. And then on the second one, um, you know, he just again really late on the outbreaker and it gets them set up for a score so you know that was just it was really really interesting to see that from the end zone and you know the reaction was immediately to blame it all on milro but i'm not so quick to do that but you know you see nick sabins going with tyler buckner the guy who's not going to turn the ball over is what he's hoping i think.
1: I uh, I gotta ask you about Peyton, New Orleans. Your well,
6: first name. I mean, is it? Yeah. Well, so the interesting thing about that. Thing? Uh, well, it's not. I always thought so until I was told I was named after my grandfather, but or great grandfather. But um, his Jordan Newman School is the high school I went to, and that's the one that Peyton oh, yeah. and Eli both went to. Odell Beckham and Arch Manning now, who's a lifelong friend of mine, which is interesting to see him warming up on the field after watching him in a Michael Lupin Fields, our football field that fits seats 2,000 people. So watching him warm up in front of Brian. Day I was like, I mean, you remember playing flag football with this guy, so pretty funny and pretty cool. But um, yeah, it was Arch Manning, a good flag football player. Uh, you, you probably think so, huh? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was something. And uh, I will say, I will brag on myself a little bit. In like fourth, fifth grade, I was his like, I was his favorite target. You know, one of our little rec flag football leagues. He told me I was his favorite target. So maybe he was trying to prop me up a little bit. But uh, I always took that and ran with it for sure. <laughs> well, it was pretty
3: interesting what you said. Uh, growing up in the Sabin era, and I realized that. He's probably the only coach you've
6: ever known. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, it's, it's like we're spoiled for sure. I mean, you watch, you know, some of these national championship teams throughout the past. And this one, you know, when I see we lose the way we did, I people, my brothers and all of them them and everyone around it, it's like, well, 2015 Ole Miss, you lose at home to Chad Kelly and um, and Hugh Freeze for the second straight year. And you have the quarterback controversy with Cooper Bateman and uh, Jacob Coker. So they eventually figured that out and was able to, you know, elevate their season all the way to a national championship on the backs of Derrick Henry and a defense that could take the ball away. But, I, you know, I don't see that from this unit yet. But um, hopefully we get a good look this weekend in, um, in Tampa because, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tune-up game, but uh, you want to see them make some strides. So, uh,
2: sitting in the student section, I'm sure students were saying, hey, we need to give Buckner a chance. And uh, has that just been the general feeling for the last few days? Yeah, you know, it's...
6: And and when did you hear that, uh, in fact, that was going to happen? Well, I heard, I think, I heard whispers of it yesterday, and today for sure got confirmed that he's going to start the game, um, well, that's what they say. And um, being in the student section, I think the the thing about football is the, you know, quarterback is the first thing you're going to... Always look at when a team's struggling, especially offensively, and the way you turn the ball over. But um, I thought I thought it's more about this offensive line really gelling as a unit because I thought on the interior, the way they're, if you, if you, in any level of football, if you get pressure in the face of the quarterback, he's immediately going to become more uncomfortable and, you know, less accurate. And Milra, that maybe to a greater extent because he's so inexperienced and um, doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have the game experience in, in, in terms of, of course, big games like the one this past Saturday. so He didn't handle it very well. But, you know, you got to find a way to give him some sort of pocket. Because, like I said earlier, I think, um, at least at the break, the way his pocket... His pockets compared to the one that Quinn Ewers got were like night and day. He was getting pressure in his face immediately, um, every snap pretty much, and it would force him to throw him off his spot. Whereas Ewers, I mean, I mean, uh, Kevin Steele, I knew as a, a guy who was a heavy blitzer, and it seemed like he was just sitting back there. And I couldn't, you know, there were some times where I was looking on the field I was like, where's 15? Why is Dallas turning out on the field right here? You know, I it, it was it was interesting to you know to get the reaction immediately from you know a bunch of drunk college kids. So, well, Matt, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) This is a a question for all you guys.
2: If Tyler Buckner struggles on Saturday what does Nick Saban do does he go back to Milroe or does he bring in ty Simpson or does he really play the ultimate wild card and bring in uh, Dylan Lonergan? because if he does that then you know that the Milroe era at Alabama yeah. is over yeah. All right I'll, I'll start you with you answer
1: okay uh, he's not gonna struggle it's yeah. just like Payton said it well what for if, the what sake if, what of this is, is a, this is a hypothetical you know that that just throws it into a fruit basket tournament over. I just... I, I, I don't know. Uh, if if he comes out and throws two pick sixes, I don't know. Would he go, back they back go to, to Melrose? S- they, they go to Simpson? <laughs> a, you,
2: you've asked a very difficult question here.
3: Right. They're not well, you way. know that
2: the coaches have discussed this possibility. They're not going to be caught flat-footed.
3: Well, if they're going to run... An offense where we're passing the ball, then you're going to have to put in Ty Simpson or Dylan Lonergan. Okay? If you're going to run an offense, Taylor Till, Tim Mill Road, then you've got to design that. Because I did not see that at all, well, part of the first quarter of the Texas game. And then they just abandoned it. So, I would say they would go to a passing quarterback.
6: Yeah, you know Ty yeah. Simpson. Uh, he's had every opportunity to come in here and take this job. By the, I mean he's the guy probably with the most talented arm out of all these guys with for the way he puts, is he's able ac- to put He's accurate, puts zip on the ball. But for whatever reason, they just haven't seen it. Being on the third on the depth chart is really telling to me um, going into this year. Um, but to answer your question, I think they would go back to Miller. I think we're going to see every quarterback in this game. But uh, I think they're going to have to. They're working on the. Fly here at this point, like we said, is kind of a desperation move. And um, you know, you, you, I believe that the way things are going to go is Tyler Buckner's is going to have a great game, and he's not going to struggle. He's going to be efficient. And if he can't turn the ball over, if he, you know, when we start Mississippi or um, Ole Miss next or this coming this up oh, next yeah. week, yeah. Um, he was gonna, he w- if he were to start that game, if he were able to just complete passes, not turn the ball over, and control the game, that's all I think that's all Nick Saban is really looking for here. And, Nick Saban is looking for Greg McElroy. Yeah.
3: For yeah. Jake Coker.
1: Jay, uh,
2: any because of it, that's you know, what yeah,
3: happened, yeah. right? When Coker came in, he took it over, yeah. and that was it. And we yeah. won the championship.
1: As we get, like, just two weeks into the season, it just makes me realize how difficult it would be to play quarterback in Alabama when you look at the last four. Yeah. I mean, Man. how do you They're follow that? are all in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's like trying to follow the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are those
2: bad four? Three of them are, uh, uh, were first round draft picks and the other one is the uh, second
6: highest paid player in the league. It did he not history. look good last night, no, by the did. way. No, he didn't. Um, not really. Jalen Hurts. No, he died. I just think the way Milrow, his feel for the short and intermediate passing game is just not, it's what, not, it's not what they're looking for. Yeah. And I think the way that these old Saban teams, like you saw about Jay Coker, the way that team was predicated on running the ball on early downs and then taking shots down the field, whether it's to our Stewart or whoever it was, um, I think I think they're looking for a guy who's now, because of the running game, you don't, you don't have Derek Henry back there, obviously. So you, you're going to have to have a guy that's going to be able to use this West Coast style of offense. I think Tommy Reese is kind of looking for that. And, you know, that that's like the short passing game being an extension of the running game. And you need a guy who's on time, he's on target, and guys who can make those reads on the fly, and you know, as, as, in terms of experience, Tyler Buckner by far has the most experience. I mean, he only he started five games last year because um, he was hurt throughout the year, yeah. and he didn't look great at times, but, you know, like you said, he, is a, you know, he knows this offense. They're going to run multiple tight ends. They're going to try to run the ball early downs, and then hopefully just get him in rhythm. You know, Ho never found a rhythm last week. It was so obvious looking at him. I mean, uh, he just looked uncomfortable pretty much all game.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that um, he didn't get the best prediction either. No, I mean, there's there's got to be a got to be some progress made along the old line. You know, you mentioned uh, Hertz and the Eagles last night. I thought this is a great footnote of that game. The Auburn Eagle. Independence flew in that game. Much as he, he or she. Uh, More important footnote is I
2: lost uh, a little bit of money on 0.5 points. Oh wow!
1: Laura, you work.
3: Meaningless money.
1: late touchdown by yeah. Minnesota. You work
2: hard for
3: Killed you. a lot I of things. Do. Have. I don't
1: gamble. You know. Yeah. Can't well. get, but you know, we're not a New York Times
6: best-selling author either. So.
3: <laughs> no. Well. True.
6: We've only heard him. Talk Talk about it like six or seven times already in class. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a <laughs> solid D right end.
1: there. <laughs> you yeah. All right, where it is free, come by and see us. Get a meeting three coming up next. Johnny Cognon of ABC 3340.
5: Sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. I right, hear we're coming back.
1: Live from Ennis Free. Drop by, grab a burger, grab a cold beer. They have an unbelievable selection. Of course, they can make your favorite toddy, too. And uh, got the meeting three. It's all going on. Lucky lunch is uh, very, very popular here, particularly among the students, I would guess, Peyton. Um, yes. Laura Lee is with us as well. Peyton Davis is a student of Lars, student of the University of Alabama, he's a junior. He's going to sit in with us for a while. But uh, let's bring in ABC 3340's Johnny Congdon. Johnny, it's Matt and the gang here at NS3. You should be over here having a cold brewski. Well. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Well, technically today is my Monday, so uh, I'll have to refrain until next till Wednesday and Thursday.
1: Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Well, the news is broken. Tyler Buckner will start against South Florida. What are your thoughts, Johnny?
4: The first thing I thought of is just what has Ty Simpson done in the last six or seven weeks to play himself out of this position? Because I, I was pretty confident leaving the spring that Tyler Buckner was going to, or excuse me, uh, Ty Simpson was going to be the quarterback of this football team if something like this happened that Jalen Milrow faltered. And obviously, I don't want to pin everything on Milrow from last week's game against Texas. That being said, I mean, two of those interceptions he threw were absolutely backbreaking, changed the momentum of the entire game, both in the first half and in the second half. And I believe a change is the right decision. Now, I just never would have thought it would have been the transfer from Notre Dame to Tyler Buckner. I thought Ty Simpson was the guy, uh, you know, he's all the intangibles. And uh, unfortunately for people that thought that that was the route, um, he's played himself out of that opportunity and good for Tyler Buckner obviously has a relationship with Tommy Reese, going back to his days, in South Bend and now he'll have an opportunity to hopefully get off on the right foot against an inferior South Florida team. And then a week from Saturday, Lane Kiffin comes to town and they have an opportunity to beat Ole Miss and Buckner will be on a national stage on PBS at that 2.30 game. So, I mean, but here we go. Season starts now, now or never.
2: Yeah, Johnny, uh, you made a good point with Ole Miss coming up. Do you think that is what forced Nick Saban's hand here? Because this does seem uncharacteristically early for Nick Saban to make a move like this.
4: Yeah, I think throwing Buckner into the fire Ole Miss week, that that might have been not the smartest play. So I feel like you got to give him a week to kind of get his sea legs. Uh, South Florida, despite being a team in the past that's had some good seasons and despite being in the American Athletic Conference, I mean that's a bad football team. I think there's a good chance that Middle Tennessee gives you a better game than South Florida, even with Alabama having to trample to Tampa Bay this week. So I think this is gonna be an opportunity for Buckner to try to build some confidence, get some familiarity in the pocket. It's been a while since he started a football game, going back to the Gator Bowl last year. So this is this is this is his time to shine. And if if Alabama's gonna to try to make a play for the college football playoff, they're virtually gonna to have to be perfect the rest of the way and if I think Jalen Monroe showed everybody that it's just not a sustainable model when you know that interception is coming at some point. And Bucker's going to have to do one thing more importantly than anything, and that's just protect the football. Because if you start throwing that ball away, I mean, we got to have real problems in the quarterback room with Tuscaloosa.
6: Yeah, Johnny, um, you talked about how limiting the turnovers is the most important thing. Uh, to me, this this move lowers the ceiling. If this, if this is a sustainable move. It lowers the ceiling of the offense, maybe. But do you think that's really what Nick Saban is looking for and needs? Because you saw this defense you know, you he held um, Texas to like 13 points before the fourth quarter. Of course, they broke down at the end. But do you think you just need a, uh, a guy who's just gonna be a game manager type the way that we've seen of the early Saban days? Or um, do you think this just is an on-the-fly move.
4: Uh, I, I think this move was necessary for morale, because as, as you look around campus right now, as you look around the national landscape of college football, uh, I mean, as Alabama's ship is taking water from all angles at the moment. I mean, I, I mean, sure, they might say they don't listen to the noise, they don't listen to the outside exterior noise, but it, it, it's, it's evident that Jalen Milroe, with those decisions especially the one he made in the fourth quarter. That back-breaking interception when you have a little shred of momentum, you're at home, you have a feeling you're coming back. He throws that pick and basically ends the game. Now, I know we cover Auburn here at ABC 3340, and I know everyone in Tuscaloosa is acutely aware of what goes down there. They're dealing with their own version of a quarterback issue, except it's not who's gonna start they're working that two man quarterback game with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford's been used at least for the first game in UMass in a red zone specific package. Now I'm not saying every single time Alabama gets inside the twenty, Jalen Milro takes over. But when he runs that read option, he's as decisive and dynamic as any quarterback in the country when he knows what to do, when he has a predetermined read. So I don't believe this is the last you'll see of Jalen Milro in this Alabama offense. I do believe pending Tyler Buckner performs well this week. This might be the last time you see him as the starting quarterback every single down. But I think he would be a fool's there and make sure that Milro doesn't take any more steps. I mean, you can utilize that skill set. He's a fantastic athlete. He's a dynamic runner. And inside the red zone, I think he has tremendous value for the team.
3: Well, we've talked a lot about... The offense, let's talk about the defense. And uh, the secondary was supposed to be a strength of Alabama, yet what we watched last weekend was not a strength. So what happened to our DBs?
4: I mean, given up, what was it, 454 yards of total defense, I mean, I think a lot of Alabama fans might have to old peak holding an apology because, I mean, that was very reminiscent of the Texas game last year and the Tennessee game last year. And from a secondary perspective, I think a lot of my roommates that I went to Alabama with that were constantly in a group tag, they say, oh, do you see that hit by Caleb Downs? You see him come in the box and make a play on a receiver catching a screen or a running back. I said, well, that's all good and great, but I mean, how many times did Texas and viewers try him over the top and they got him once or twice? Eventually, Nick Saban took him out of the game and put Story into place at deep safety position. So I think his inexperience showed. I think, I think Caleb Downs is going to be a fantastic safety for this Alabama team. And I think one day he'll strap it up and play on Sundays, but you saw that lack of experience and it was exploited last week with Texas. And uh, I, I think Kool-Aid had a good game when I went back and rewatched the game. I don't think that he was one of the issues. And I think. Uh, Arnold had a decent game, especially tackling. So I, I think Alabama's got to generate pressure. I mean, you can only cover for so long against elite teams with these five-star receivers running four threes and four fours. Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, and those guys—you have to be able to generate more pressure than they did. And back in those glory days of Alabama, they were able to generate pressure with their front four without blitzing, and that gives you more pad in the secondary. Texas did it. Why can't you do it at home? It used to be a calling card and a staple of this university when they take the field and. I've been disappointed of what I've seen of Dallas Turner so far, trying to take this torch from Will Anderson to be the next great edge rusher in Alabama football.
1: Is South Florida, I mean, is a road game? Do you think this was intentional? I'm going back to Buckner here, Johnny. Um, sure. I, I think getting away from the Alabama crowd, getting away from the students, and then making this decision and letting it out to the media, I, I think that's a, a very savvy move on the part of the Alabama coaching staff.
4: Yeah, I mean, I hate to make pro sports comparisons all the time, but as, as a boxing guy and someone that follows the Red Sox, there's so much negativity so much criticism and so much passion around that ball club that sometimes when things aren't going well at home the best thing that can happen for you is to get on a plane fly somewhere else take care of business on the road and kind of hit that refresh button and for about a week straight now at Alabama ever since the clock hit triple zeros against Texas Saturday night it's been woe is me end of the world fatalism and let me tell you right now there is a lot of football to be played and there's a lot of noise out there that, of course, we all hear because it's what we do for a living. But I think the best medicine for this Alabama football team right now is to go on the road to a very, very below average football team, which South Florida is, and go put up 55, 60 points and just hit the reset button. Come back, get ready for an old Miss team with Lane Kiffin. You win that game at home on national TV. Before you know it, you look up to three and one. Maybe Buckner has some real confidence. The receivers are making plays. There's a couple sacks on defense, and then you start feeling yourself again, and you get ready for this stretch run on the SEC. So I, I 100% agree, Matt. I, th- I think this is strategic, and I think that hopefully Saban is pushing the right buttons if you're an Alabama fan.
2: Johnny, uh, final question for you. Uh, have you had a chance to go back and look at the tape of Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame, and uh, what are your expectations of uh how good he can play.
4: Well, after the spring, when he transferred to Alabama, I went back and I watched that Gator Bowl game against USC. Uh, USC, South Carolina, I should say. The SEC, USC. And the one thing that stood out to me was just his ability to run the ball out of the pocket, be able to scramble a little bit and improvise. And I thought he was the best player on the field that day. And that was a shootout. If you go back and watch that Gator Bowl from a year ago last January, uh, his improvisation is something that improves, uh, has always impressed me. And there's a kid from my high school who's a couple of years younger than me who's currently on the Notre Dame team, Quinn Murphy. And from what I've heard from him is that Tyler Buckner is a great team guy. What I've heard from him is Tyler Buckner is somebody that wants to elevate all the talent around him, raise the profile of this offense. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be these long 45, 50-yard shots down the field. He'll take what the defense gives him. He doesn't have the world's strongest arm, but I think arm strength is one of the most overrated characteristics a quarterback can have. Can you make sound, smart decisions and can you put the ball in tight windows? And I think that's something that he's proven he can do at Notre Dame. And he's going to have all the talent in the world. I mean, if Ja'Cory Brooks gets going, Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Law, a Nye Black tube he could do as a, as a pass catcher in the tight end position. I, I, I think he's got all the tools to succeed. Number one chief among them, and this isn't, you know, I'm not a football scientist, but I say this, you got to take care of the football and you got to make smart decisions. you got to take sacks instead of trying to risk things. I mean, little things that are going to impress an offensive coaching staff. And it doesn't hurt that he has great familiarity with Tommy Reese. And I know it's not the same exact offense they ran at Notre Dame. But overall, I think it's something that he will be able to lean on and having that familiarity and having that relationship with the offensive coordinator. And I think this is a move Alabama absolutely had to make.
1: So you're not a football scientist, but you play one on TV. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Johnny, tell us what your high school assignment is and uh, what you and Speaks will be doing this evening.
4: Oh, we're going all over the place tonight. I will be north of the city. I will be at Clay Chocco, Pinton Valley first. And if we get a couple touchdowns from that, I'll be headed over to Hewitt-Trustville as they take on Tuscaloosa County, who I know is having a good year. And uh, we're looking forward to see what Peyton Floyd and those Huskies are doing up there. It should be a great night. Again, it all gets kicked off tonight at 6.30 on My 68. We're going to have a high school football preview show, Friday Night Blitz. And then, of course, tune in tonight at about 10.15-ish. for speaks. We'll have all the action from all around uh, Alabama tonight. So we're really looking forward to a fun show.
1: Outstanding as always, Johnny. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Guys, Thank thanks you, Johnny. for
4: having me Thank on. You. Enjoy it there. Bye-bye.
1: Good stuff. Hey, Matt. Yeah. What? You, you know my
2: obsessions, so I got to ask you this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can um, Tyler Buckner
1: be Alabama's version of Stetson Bennett? <laughs> um, athletically, I think you better than Stetson Bennett. You know, Johnny made a great point, and... One of the things I noticed in watching the Gator Bowl, which used the MVP, is he had three interceptions, but two really weren't his fault. Weren't his fault. But he can move around. He's not as fast and as, and as athletic as Milrow, but he can move around. And that's what impressed me when I went and, uh, and watched that game, is his escape ability. This you, know, you don't have to be fast to get
6: out of trouble. Eyesight helps a lot. Did you, see that,
1: did you
2: see that performance
6: by Dr. Yes, and yes, yes. What did you and think? I, I think it's something where – I think it's a great point. The Peyton Thorne-Robbie Ashford comparison is kind of a, a funny one because you talk about Robbie Ashford is one of the best athletes in the country. Milro I think, takes that same mold. And then Peyton Thorn, one of the – I mean, obviously – this Alabama team as a whole is better than the Auburn team, but the quarterback for him in terms of like a guy who's just able to distribute the football. And I think the point about arm strength is a really good one too, because even though I think Tyler Bugner out of this three man group has the weakest arm, but you're exactly right. The way he's able to move, it's very, very underrated part of his game off script. And, um, you know, I think they're going to, they're going to try to help him out with the run game. And I think he, the way he's able to operate himself under pressure and keep poised about him because of his experience and his age, um, will serve him well in this offense because of course the one he's familiar with because but if you can't run the ball then I think this the engine can't get going because I think that's really the thing that has to come of this you know this Alabama offense has to you got to make some sort of switch or something to get more of a push because you saw against Middle Tennessee State you didn't really even get a push in that game either so I don't know what's going on with that hopefully J.C. Latham and Tyler Booker uh, are um, the way they talked about um you know, getting back to the Bama Stammer. Hopefully, we start to see that a little more this week, even though it's a below average football team. You want to see them push, the, push the line of scrimmage, you know, win the line of scrimmage.
1: It's a meet and three. It's the lucky lunch, and it's available right now here at Innis Free right here on University Boulevard we're going to take our break get back have some fried pickles and uh, continue our talk in case you have just tuned us in and haven't been all over your social media pages Tyler Buckner will start against the Bulls tomorrow at 2:30 Alabama football back in a minute
0: coming up on the game with Ryan Fowler
4: Coming up on the Friday edition of the game, we'll feature Aaron Torres, Lee Sterling, Brent Beer. We'll also do our SEC Parlay Pick Contest presented by Brian Harden Construction here on the game starting at two o'clock on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama
0: Crimson Tide Sports. The longest running sports program in Tuscaloosa, the game with Ryan Fowler, weekdays from two to six PM on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
5: Tide
0: 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers this afternoon and tonight. The sky occasionally cloudy. The high today 83, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow mostly cloudy. A chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
5: From T-Town to the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Indeed it is, and we were coming we are coming to you live from ns right here on University. And James Band just told you it's 87 degrees. It's partly cloudy. Actually, it's mostly sunny. It's just beautiful. And I probably don't tell you this enough as we broadcast from Free, They have a lot of outdoor seating. And if I were dining today, first I would listen to our show. Then I'd go outside and eat. Um, Laura Lee is our, our guest. Actually, you're our host now on Friday. She is Laura. officially a co-host yes. uh, every Friday. And, and you know what? She, she likes doing this. She, she's very good at it. But I love the sense that you... You text us and said, I'm pushing it. Now, you're a real pro. You don't show up late, if at all possible, and you didn't. Is your dog
3: okay? My dog's fine. Okay. Matt
1: Matt and I know it's rare in this business to always show up on time. You and I have a lot in common. I think I've been late twice in 50 years. I just don't. You know, a lot of that has to do with my dad. I wasn't late for anything we did in the family either. But... Let's talk some um, Bama Broker. How are things now? I know you're always <laughs> struggling and battling with the interest rates and what we are, too. But just tell us what's going on at Advantage Advantage Realty Group.
3: Well, Advantage is uh, we're moving along. I mean, the market is moving along. Uh, interest rates are where they are. Uh, the... Data that came out, the CPI and the PPI that came out this week, mixed bag, not great. Uh, so we're seeing erratic, uh, bond market right now, which is what happens with the, how they set the mortgage rates. So lots of reprice risk every day during the day. Uh, so Right now, they're saying lock your rate because we're expecting it to go up a little bit. Now, having said that, uh, people are still buying. I mean, once again, yes, we talk interest rates, but understand these are normal rates. They are. Historically. Historically. And they're still good rates. My mother sold real estate, started in real estate when interest rates were 18 to 20%.
1: Is that the Carter era?
3: Yes, (laughs) it was. I
1: love Jimmy Carter. I really do. Maybe not so much as a president, but.
3: Well, he was a good person, but, you know, that's the thing is with the interest rates, they're they're going to be what they are right now and the challenge being that uh housing prices are still going up they're not going down there's not going to be a housing market crash because we have low inventory and it's the same story uh having said all that we have great game day condos if y'all have not seen some of these spectacular game day condos in tuscaloosa wow just wow so it's
1: they're unbelievable. Yeah, I told y'all last week. I look at one of those and realize the the basement under the garage that I lived in when I was here at the University of Alabama. Lars, you yeah. got a great question. Yes, um, I, I
2: wanted to uh, ask all of you this, and uh, I'll start with Peyton. Um, is the benching of Jalen Milrow? the most surprising benching in the Saban era. Especially, let's just focus at at quarterback. Uh, I... You know, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and overreact, but uh, it's certainly got to be in the top
6: five. Yeah, I think for sure it's in the top five. I wouldn't go the most uh, surprising because I think um, I'll look at 2016, I believe it was, when uh, Blake Barnett starts the game. He's the big Elite 11 winner quarterback who's like the exact prototype for what you want in a quarterback. And he struggles a little bit early on, and then they put Jalen Hurts in, and we know what he's doing now, um, obviously. Um, But uh, for now, I think... I think it's to me it's surprising but to me it makes a lot of sense when you think about what Saban wants in a quarterback, and I think with Buckner, you know, you, you just, the feel for, I said it earlier, the feel for the, the short and intermediate passing game being an extension of the running game, if you're struggling on the ground like they have, um, if Miller doesn't have a, a a run game to speak of, you know, he can do it himself, of course, but there's not a lot of built-in quarterback runs in this offense we've seen. We haven't really seen much of QB power or anything like that, but I think Johnny pointed out a really good thing earlier, was um you got to use Millrose still as an athlete in this offense, because even with Buckner taking the lion's share of the snaps, you got to have a way to mix Milrow in, but to answer your question, uh, I wouldn't say it's the most surprising, but it's definitely surprising, but it makes sense to me. You know what? Maybe Hugh Freeze is saving Alabama's season. And because
2: what? of how he's using his quarterbacks so what you're uh, down on the plains is, is uh, uh, Nick Saban and Tommy Reese are saying, hey, that's working pretty good at Auburn. So, uh, I think Auburn has a better Alabama's. record than Alabama, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. too,
3: too much, too Cal far?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't cover, but yeah. neither did
6: Alabama. Uh, <laughs> Do
3: you want us you know, to start talking okay, about sorry. Nebraska? Hey, oh, yeah. Hey, how is that? My, 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 team? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) They were on national
2: television on Wednesday on ESPN, went on the road and beat Stanford. And I, I, I texted, uh, I texted texted my my guys. I'm really pleased
1: for you. Volleyball
2: Anderson was in Nirvana. (laughs) <laughs> that is my new nickname, Volleyball Anderson. Yes, it is. And um, the more you bring it up, the more and, we're going to use And you it. know what? I I tell my students to call me Lars, but maybe I should have them
1: call me Professor Volleyball. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll start calling that, no that I'll come in and video that if you're going to just ask them to all start. Right,
2: <laughs> how about, like, uh, h-
1: historically benching of an Alabama quarterback? Okay. Um, historically? Yeah. Now my immediate thought when you ask me was, you know, Tua coming in the second half against Georgia. But if, if you weren't expecting that, watching that game, you were crazy. Yeah. Especially when they came out of the locker room and who's warming up more big time. And I, I told Karen watching, I said, he's starting the second half and Alabama's going to win this game.
2: How about you, Laura Lee? Historically, what's the most surprising benching of a quarterback in Alabama?
3: Well, because of what Matt just said, I think a lot of Alabama fans were expecting that last weekend. And yeah. it didn't happen. And uh so I think it it does have to be the Jalen Tua in the championship game. And then of course Jalen redeeming himself in the next year and it swapping. I mean, what a great story for both of them. And Saban, um Well,
2: anything from the Bryant era,
1: I know we got to take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break because I I can remember a few of those. But uh, wouldn't it be crazy if Alabama playing Notre Dame for the national championship? Just think about the quarterback uh, mix there. All right, uh,
4: we're live and it's free.
1: We'll be here for another hour, but you should be here all weekend serving up some cold beer and great cheeseburgers. We'll be back with more Big Noon Sports.
0: WG HD2 Northport and W265 CG Tuscaloosa. Tied 100.9 and streaming on the Tied 100.9 app.
5: From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: Coming to you live from Ennis Free right here on University. Uh, Pull pull up your chair here. I want to ask you something. Uh, We have uh, many guests. Uh, Peyton Davis is a student at the University of Alabama talking Alabama football. Of course, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker, can hold her own and then some about football. But what I want to ask you right now, you ordered the uh, $9.99 Lucky Lunch. What did you order? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I kanaka. think you can read, you can read a yeah. lot into somebody by saying what vegetables they select.
3: Oh, I ordered uh, mac and cheese and fried okra and llama beans.
1: You are a southern gal. I am. Um, and you got the Kanaka? Yes. The sausage? Of course. I passed over that little river yesterday on my way back but uh, anyway uh, we're broadcasting until 2 today of course Alabama kicks off at 2.30 tomorrow and uh, that will be a great game to come down here and watch it live did either of y'all listen to hey coach last night I did not Okay. I, well, I, I was
3: watching football
1: yeah, um, I was on the road so I was tuning in on the radio and you didn't have to listen to respond to this question But Nick Saban, starting with Pee Wee, and his first call, who's traditionally the first call. Since Saban's been here, I think. Saban kind of jumped on him and threw a punch at him. It was all funny. But then, throughout the rest of the show, he was funny. He was very... Jim Dunaway asked some great questions. But just maybe even just this year, Laura Lee, does he seem like a little... Seems like he's kind of almost lost some of his edge, and I mean in a good way.
3: Well, I've always thought he was funny. I mean, he has these one-liners, and, you know, he's just, he's very witty with even though he doesn't mean to at times. And I think it's just the way he is with the media. I think it's the, the way he is. He has such high standards, and he's so disciplined. And he's just treats us, when we're listening to him as an audience, like his players. And he'll get on his... I don't want to call it soapbox, but he'll start on his like you would think he's talking to the players, and it's fabulous. And and he is funny. I I think he's funny.
6: Um, do, you, do you see a difference? Yeah, for sure. I think so. Miss Terry talks about his wife. Miss Terry talks about how he uh, since he's become a uh, grandfather is trying to try to lose that perception of him being a mean guy, which I think is true. But at the same time, I think he still got some of that fire, and I think there's a story that I think of um, my freshman year uh, two years ago, I, um, got the opportunity to, for my radio station or whatever, um, got the opportunity to cover the New Mexico State game from the stadium. And something I had noticed throughout the, uh, even, even in that game, I mean, they won 59 to, uh, three, I think. Um, but even in that game, they, uh, first, they, they, looked like they were slow to start out in terms of, uh, offensively just kind of making some mental errors and then defensively just, uh, blowing assignments. Of course, they win 59 to three, who cares. But throughout that season, I had noticed that that the SEC had kind of given him trouble in terms of the start that he had in AM and LSU, like all those different starts to, to games that they had. Um, and so I, I was going to ask him in the press conference, my first time asking any anyone in the pre- my first time being in a press conference asking any questions. I was overwhelmed because it's like one of my heroes. I'm dressed head to toe in a Alabama stuff, which is not what you're supposed to do as a media oh, uh, broadcaster. No, which I'm cringing <laughs> right Yeah. Now. yeah well, no. My, it gets worse. It gets worse. Trust Oh God. Um, but uh, <laughs> you
1: I asked want, him, he won't do it again, I promise. Yeah, no, no. I know, I know. He also won't publicize another radio station on our station. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Matt him.
6: is going to give you a detailed critique. Uh, well, um, I asked him a question. It's the last one. I'm, like, hesitating to raise my hand. on like, this at the end, and they finally go to me, and they're like, who's this kid? They asked me the question, or they let me ask a question. And I'm, like, you know, stuttering my words. I'm shaking my voice, and I'm trying to ask him this question about how they, like, the script of plays I had felt from. O'Brien or whatever for whatever reason had just like kind of made up for slow starts punts early down uh, and early in games throughout SEC play and so the question kind of was more formulated where I was shaking so much and nervous that I it kind of sounded like I was asking about the game that they were playing it's when they win 59-0 nothing so of 3 Where so he's like who cares but I asked him this question and he starts to answer it and he brings up Florida was playing Sanford that game they were like tight he's like it's hard to win and whatever and then he starts tapping his finger which is when you know he's kind of getting going and then he's yeah, like yeah. I'm not going to criticize my team for whatever and wrong. And at the end of his uh, rant, he goes, not a good question to me. And I walked out of the room, and I was like, what just happened? I'm an eight, 18-year-old eight, eight, kid. Are oh, you going that, back? That, that's a rite Hopefully. of passage. I'm, I'm trying sure. Sure. to get my rite of back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a
2: rite of passage to get yelled at. You you know, know, like made my family
6: members, they say it's a great experience. It's a great story. That's what you titled your book, not a good question. You talk about that. Your feature story that
2: you're writing for my class, I already know what it is. Yeah, yeah, what it's like to get
6: beaten down by uh, Nick Saban man, at a man. press
2: and, conference. And you need to talk to other reporters who have gone through and it. The, the well, there's a long
6: a, list. The Twitter, YouTube comments, I looked in those, and there was a few that were just like, Saban Bas, uh, Bash's reporter, and this guy, what does this guy know? What is he talking I about? All this
1: question. question. <laughs> yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, uh, I to it.
6: As you told it in very
1: detail, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, I, I said, I, are you the one that he said something after? And um, Indeed you were, but listen, um, that happens to to all of us, I don't know about the
6: wearing of the team's colors, but <laughs> no, no. The guy after the guy ran the interview after he was Is like across yes. <laughs> he, uh, he looks at me. He's like, "Where are you from? Yeah. Who are you?" And yeah. I'm like, "Well, I'm just you know yeah. just in I will say, the I, don't it, I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think Nick David
2: knows when he walks into that room who's a student and who's not a student. No, oh, he definitely. probably would
1: uh, maybe no, treat it, you with a little yeah, kid gloves. You are probably uh, well, Coach Bryant did me, and I could go into a. Great story. Uh, it's too do. long. It's too long. Uh, I'll, I'll give us the uh, right. Cliff Notes uh, my version. My first interview back in the day. I got some fried pickle in my throat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, it, that, it's got some okay. kick to it. Yeah, it's it's Laura did, Lee's did. favorite. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, <laughs> I love but, it, too. Um, It was my first time being in television, local television here, because Coach Bryant would do his regular news conference, and then he would break off, and he would let all the TV anchors, get a one-on-one. And, of course, I was last in line because I was the new kid. So Herb Winches and Mike Hogwood and Scott Hunter, and all of them went first. And they got there, you know, and he was not in a good mood anyway. And when he was not in a good mood, he didn't give really detailed or lengthy answers. Yeah. But he was giving them enough to get by. And then I got up there. And I was like you. My hands were on my knees, but I, they were shaking. And I had a tablet. This is the only time I ever wrote down questions. But I thought I might panic. Well, guess what? I panicked. All of the questions he was answering were like, yes, no, maybe. So I didn't even have a long enough quote to get the <laughs> font up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The thing that runs at the bottom of the television. I said, I've got to get something out of this guy. I'm the new one. I'm a local TV guy. And then what flirts out of my mouth. I said, Uh, Coach, what's the injury status on Jeremiah Castile? Well, he hated to say anything about any injured player. He no, felt like he was. Ever asked a coach about he, injuries, no, Matt? No. Well, it was my. I was twenty-one, um, but anyway, he looked at me like this—you know, those cold, steely eyes. He looked at me, and I thought, "I'm a dead man." And uh, then he suddenly, his face suddenly relaxed, and all the other guys were putting up their equipment. They, of course, listening to the, the, the rookie, and he said, "Well." You know, he worked out yesterday, and I think he got a real good chance playing on Saturday. The whole room, just dead quiet. Why in the world did you tell him that? First of all, what a dumb question. But then he answered it. And I knew that he knew that he needed to throw me a little bit of a break. Otherwise, he, he would a dis- bone. He, 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 he threw did, because bone. he he literally could have broken my confidence forever. And that may have happened, but let me tell you... Next time I ever ask anything remotely dumb, he tore my head off. <laughs> <laughs> Told me to get a new camera once. He said <laughs> he's looking old. Mary Hammond says, I'm looking old, man. You need to get a new camera. <laughs> Laura Lee, you
2: are the president elect of the Red Elephant Club. Have you had any interactions with Coach Sabin? <laughs> and if you have, uh, what have they been like?
3: Well, not necessarily through the Red Elephant Club. He does come and speak. Um, but he lives down the street from me and is a member of a club that I'm the country club. And so I've run into him and I have, he, he is just the nicest guy, but you know, the many times I've heard him speak, whether it's at Nick at noon or uh before home games or at the Red Elephant Club. I mean he's he's a teacher and he is so motivational. The things that he talks about, you just he talks about life lessons even though he's talking about football. And uh yeah, I mean he's amazing. Do you ever have an like that interview? Never. <laughs> <laughs>
6: so he talks like it. Never. Uh,
2: you know, I've always done, I've been focused on long form, and so I don't necessarily ask questions in a big group. Seven. No. Um, and that's so, a totally so different so style it, it, of interview. It's, it, yeah, it's completely different. I will say this: it's really quick. Uh, when I was working on the Showtime documentary on Lawrence Phillips. Um, we wanted to interview uh, Nick Saban because when he was the head coach at Michigan State, um, the 90, uh, 95 Nebraska team, boy, this is a long time ago, and it feels even longer. But the 95 Nebraska team administered the worst uh, uh, beatdown that Nick Saban has ever experienced. Beat him 50 to 10. Lawrence Phillips runs for 206 and uh, I think four touchdowns. And so the whole interview. Uh, is, uh, uh, just about Nick Saban's, like, worst game as a coach, right? And, uh, because we have a little bit of a relationship, he agreed to do it. And so, uh, you know, a bunch of guys from Showtime came down, and, and I could tell, like, right before the interview, like, Nick Saban doesn't want to do this. Doesn't want to do this. And then he sits down, and, uh, you know, I just kind of smiled and, mind, you know, just say, hey, my office is just like right over there. You can almost see it from your office. (laughs) And you know what? The green light comes on and he was pure magic. And I think we talked for 10 minutes and I think eight of those minutes appear in the Showtime documentary. I mean, he was just incredible. He was smiling. He was beaming. He was engaging. He was telling stories. I mean, just from one afternoon, you know, 20 years prior, and it really revealed a lot about Lawrence Phillips. But you know what? Who it revealed
1: more about? Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Good story. Hey, when we get back, we'll to talk to Steve Irvine. We'll get a little information on UAB and the Stallions. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Stallions re-signed one Bo Scarborough. So we'll talk about that, and certainly what else we're going to talk about. Tyler Buckner is going to start tomorrow for Alabama. We are at NS Free, loving these fried pickles, Lima's, mac cheese, okra, the sausage, and. That looks delicious. It's got the peppers and onions in it. Mm-hmm. I have a bite? Mm-hmm. All right. We are uh, going to be here until 2 o'clock. You should be here all weekend. And it's free on University.
2: Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's two zero five seven nine zero seven two two nine, And you can also email her at Laura Lee at the That's Laura Lee at the Hey,
5: this is Reagan, owner of R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at twenty seven oh three sixth street across from the home two suites. Come down to R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over hundred and sixty-five bourbons and five private barrels, our Selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers this afternoon and tonight. The sky occasionally cloudy. The high today 83, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow mostly cloudy. A chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high 84. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
5: More big noon sports coming up.
0: And it's
1: free, and Big Noon Sports will be live here until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No time like the present to get down here and enjoy one of these meeting threes for nine They're absolutely fabulous. Um, joining us now on our hotline, Big Noon Sports. Is Steve Irvine? Steve drops by at least once a week. We love talking to him because he has perspective on college football. Also, can detail us um, on some the goings on at uh, at UAB and the Birmingham Stallions. Steve, how you doing? We got to get you down here on a Friday afternoon and feed you yeah. a burger here before long and serve <laughs> you up a cold beer. But I, I imagine you've seen the story. It's breaking all over. It's not just in Tuscaloosa. It's all across the nation. Tyler is going to start for Alabama. Your thoughts?
7: Uh, I, I I thought it was April first when I first saw it. You know, I mean, because I, I, the way I figured it, if you're not going to do it, you know, during the game on you know the last you know last Saturday when he was when Milro had some struggles, that I was a little surprised by that. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think they're searching, and, and uh, you know, we'll see if that's. Um, you know, see if that's the answer. You know, and uh you know, for for their sake, I'm sure they hope it is. But you know, we'll see. But I, I am, I am surprised at this time, but I really am.
2: Do you think uh this move reeks of desperation, or wh- what's your analysis of it?
7: Oh, I, I think that, that, that absolutely uh, reeks of desperation. I mean, just seeing where the, the you know where the struggles were, and, and again, I don't understand. I mean, there was times last week when, when I felt like, um, okay, now's it, now's the time to give him a chance, you know, just throw him a chance. And maybe, you know, maybe it's a, one of those situations where you want him to come in and have success, you know, right away. And, and, you know, maybe they didn't think Texas, you know, that's, that setting was the right, you know, right opportunity to throw him in the middle of it. But, you know, this is a guy that's, that's, you know, played at Notre Dame. So it's not like he's, you know, it's not like they're doing this with, uh, you know, D- Dylan Langer in or, or, or something like that. So, that's why I was a little surprise. You know, I felt like there was a prime opportunity last week. It's at the end of the first half, and Mill Road had, had his struggles, and they and Alabama got the ball back late, and and I felt like uh, that 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 would have been a prime opportunity to throw, Buckner in, you know, give him a chance to sort of get his feet wet a little bit in that on that last drive, you know, just you know, just to see what he could do there. And then you know, if he had success, then then great. You go into the halftime, and and you you. Uh, do some things to get him ready for the second half. If he looks like he's struggled or, or, you know, kind of um, overwhelmed a little bit, then you go back with Millro. I thought that was a sort of a good opportunity that, uh, that they, that they wasted at that point. And, you know, and it's easy to, you know, it's easy to say it from, you know, a hundred miles away instead of right down there in the middle of the, of the action. But I, you know, I thought that would have been a good chance to, to, you know, get him a, get his feet wet a little bit here and, you know, in Tuscaloosa. So, well, we'll see. I mean, but but it, it does seem desperate. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll see. You know, and, and I, you know, the thing with Milrow that I felt like last week, particularly watching him, was he just he can make plays. He just his, his making decisions are tough. I mean, there were so many times I can't tell you how many times where he would drop back and and I would literally be sitting. You know, I am sitting in the end zone, up you know, up high and all that kind of stuff, but. I kept saying, you know, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there, you know, with his feet, you know, make plays. And when he did, he, he had success, you know, and so I think he just, he, you know, he was almost like the situation where I felt like you tell him, you, okay, son, you drop back, you look at your first read. If it's not there, you just go be an athlete, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, he struggled. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. This might be, we might be talking this time next week about how great a move this was. We, you know, we don't know.
3: Well, while Melrose struggled a little bit, I would say that the offensive line struggled a lot, which led to Melrose uh, not playing well. So I didn't see any rotation of players. Uh, would you have uh, – is that due to depth and the lack of depth due to NIL or uh, something else?
7: you talking about up front? yes yeah i i I think it is I mean I think that they, that there is a lack of depth there and I don't know you know i' uh, I don't know exactly why uh but you know they have um you know and the problem I think with them up front was I thought there were times during the game where where they played well uh you know blocking for the run you know and now now that was early you know and and, and when when Texas realized that they, you know they, they they could pass rush that you know they kind of took things away from uh you know, away from them with the run, but, but, you know, I, I feel like they just, um, they're struggling so, so much within, in the pass rush right now. And, and a lot of it is, I think they're, they're, they're not as quick up front as, you know, they're big. You know, obviously a lot's been said about the size and they're huge, but they don't move as well. And, and, and yeah, the problem is there's nobody behind them pushing them to, to say, okay, well, you know, Hey, we're struggling here. Let's put the other three or you'll know, put the next guy in at a spot. And they just don't have that right now. and you know that's that's hard you know and, spe- and you're right especially in the state of Nil a lot of the guys that might have been there pushing you know or, or see see better opportunities I'm not talking about just Alabama I'm talking about everywhere you know just see a better opportunity and they go somewhere else so you know we'll we'll, we'll see I, I, again I think there are some pieces there and I, I I did like the way they bought against the run at times uh you know like I say particularly early but uh they just got to get better you know do, do, uh, pass blocking
6: yeah, uh, I think, so I hate to keep bashing on Milro because he seems like such a stand-up guy and, uh, the locker room seems to love him. But, uh, what, what's, what sort of blame distribution would you throw onto him? Because the circumstances at times with, without having, you know, the lack of a running game, you know, the offensive line protection or the way the defense, the secondary broke down, uh, down the stretch of the game. What percentage of the, of the blame would you really put on Milro's shoulders? And you think the move of Buckner is kind of one that shows that the, um, the coaching staff believes that they can elevate themselves by lowering their ceiling. that makes sense.
7: Well, I think, you know, obviously I think as a quarterback, you're always going to have to take a lot of the blame. That's just the nature of the position. But I do think that there was uh, there were times where I didn't feel like the receivers uh, did a good job of getting open. Certainly there were times where, you know, especially in the in pass game where, where he didn't have any time to, to really think. And, you know, the other thing you got to remember is he had, he had two touchdown passes called back, you know, for penalties. And so if, if those, you know, if those count, if there's enough penalties, we might be talking a different story here. You know, we might be saying, hey, he threw, you know, three or four touchdowns, what, you know, whatever. Cause I don't know if any, I don't remember if any of those came where they scored after that. But, but, but the point is, you know, he, he, he has some success. Uh, but you gotta, you know, quarterbacks gotta take that blame. I mean, that's just kind of the way the, the game is, um, is, is built, but I mean, I think honestly, I think there's there if you if you if you look at it realistically, he was he was just part of the problem. I think there were a lot of other problems, uh, you know, in that game that led that led to him losing.
2: Steve, I think between the two of us, uh, we've been covering college football for over half a century, and uh, to I'm sure l- of that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> if you throw yeah. me in there, you've you oh, got yeah. well,
2: oh, a Oh my goodness!
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: but just the psychology of this—you uh, know—this obviously could not have been an easy decision for Nick Saban to make. And, you know, what what does this do to a a young player uh, in Jalen Milreau who has just, uh, you know, started three games in his career and two this year and uh, coming off a game in which uh, was hyped as uh, the biggest non-conference home game of the Nick Saban era and then you sent him to the bench? Uh, That is, that is, uh, that's tough. Yeah.
7: And I think, you know, this as well as I do, Lars, is it depends on the kid. I mean, there's, there's been kids that, uh, that have, you know, take this situation and it's going to make them better. You know, and it's going to make them, you know, they're, they're going to say, you know, screw that coach. I'm going to show them that, you know, I'm the guy and they're going to work like the dickens to get back out there. And when they do, they're going to be a different guy. Uh, there's some that, that this could, this could ruin, you know, I mean, there really is. I mean, there's, it just depends. On how the kid takes it and how the kid, you know, what he does moving forward. Uh, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a move that, um, and it's also a move that could, could blow up a, you know, could blow up a team, you know, where, where, you know, guys that are, are Nero's friends or whatever might say, Hey, well, you know, why are they doing this? I don't think in this case it's going to be like that. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that there's certain that's a possibility. It always is when you make a move like this. And so we'll, you know, we'll see going forward. I, 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 I tell you this. I'll say this. I think there's going to be more than one time, but there's going to be some games that J- J- Jalen Milrow is going to win for them this year. I mean, I really do. I think he's going to be, you know, I mean, just that's the nature of it, too. I mean, with injuries and that kind of stuff, he's going to have another chance, and, and it just depends on how he handles that chance, and it might come Saturday. I mean, it might, if Buckner struggle, struggles, maybe they put him back in there and, you and, uh, you know, he, he's going to have to go win the game for him. Or, or you know, I mean, I think he'll probably win this game going away. But, I mean, it, you know, at some point he will. And, and so that's the thing that you can't do in, in any athletics in college football. You can't just say, well, okay, I'm done because they made this decision. You know, i I, I got to be ready when it's my turn because it will be his turn again. I mean, at some point it will be unless he moves on. That's the only other thing. You know, and that's the way college football is built today. Uh, again, I, I'm not not him, him specifically, but a lot of times when some things like this happen, a player will just go neck with it. I'm going to go to the next place, and and so you know you never know, but but uh, he will he'll have a chance uh, moving forward, and, and and we'll see how he handles it. All
1: right, before we let you go, uh, I, I know Trent Dilfer was very uh, disappointed. Uh, in the mm-hmm. loss of Georgia Southern. You got Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, where, where traditionally they're very, very good. Uh, all that being said, just give us an update on where UAB is going into their third game of the season.
7: Well, they got to play better defense. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. It's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, I think their offense have played well, but even their offense, you know, they had three key turnovers the other day. If they don't turn the ball over three times, they'd probably still win that game. And as good as Jacob Zeno's been, he had a you know, really bad interception at a, at a bad time and, and, uh, and then, you know, that, that hurt them. So if they play clean, uh, offensively, I don't see anybody on their schedule uh, other than Georgia. I don't see anybody on their schedule that, that stops them if they play clean offensively, but to, to, uh, to have success, they're going to have to just play better defense.
1: All right, well, uh, we're what, when, how, and Tim Stevens and uh, the new website you guys got going.
7: Yeah, com. We've got a, a really good start on it. It's been, we've been uh, alive for a week, and, uh, and really I think we've done some really good work. And uh, come uh, come, follow us there.
1: Always a pleasure. You're very generous with your time. Best to your family. Have a great weekend.
7: Uh, appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend. All
1: right. You bet. Coming to you live from Ennis Free. The lima beans and the mac cheese and the fried okra are disappearing. <laughs> uh, we're also uh, going to order up some burgers here. got cold beers. We are live at Ennis Free Irish Pub right here in the middle of Tuscaloosa University. Come by and see us as we continue for yet another quarter. Live from Ennis Free. This is Big Noon Sports.
0: to win. Ball game! Alabama wins! Built for championship for the final. By Bama. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide head to Tampa to take on South Florida. Our coverage begins at 1130 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. The Big Noon Sports Network.
1: And on Fridays, the Big Noon Sports Network comes to you from the Irish Pub on University Boulevard in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. In a free, uh, Peyton Davis is with us. New Orleans um, native, but now lives in Tuscaloosa and is a junior and is uh, taking Lars Anderson's class. Do you guys come here often?
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, you You talk about watching a game somewhere, like a road game when you're not in town. You know, there's a few places around here. But, I mean, look, at like that, this whole setup here is uh, pretty much the perfect place if you want to watch college football on a Saturday, Alabama and all the other games going on.
3: Yeah. I mean, haven't you seen the crowds on the strip after the national oh, championship? It's, uh, Where do you think they were coming from? No,
6: unfortunately, I wasn't around for the last oh, yeah, one. But, well, hey, it, you, you know, you, we got you, some time. We got some time. We're going
3: to get one before. Yeah. Yeah. You leave.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it may be
1: this year, but uh, I know I'm really dating myself, but uh, we won back to back with Bryant in 78, 79. And that place is pretty packed, but the quad was a mess. You know, back then, the quad was not protected territory. You could go in there, you could throw frisbees during the day, play softball, but uh, it was a blast.
3: No tents. No, 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 no. Now
1: you couldn't do that, but you could, uh, you know, play at your leisure. But uh, no, you couldn't
6: park a keg in the middle of the quad back then. <laughs> you talk about well, you talk coolers, about, now coolers were okay. You talk about pretty pl- like college game day. When it comes to Tuscaloosa, whenever it has the backdrop of Jenny Times, yeah. I mean, is there really a better backdrop for a college game day? I don't know. That was such that was so cool to watch last week for the first time for me. Did you go down there and just watch? Uh, the- I, I was curious. Well, so I had, my, well, I had my, no, I did not. I'm not one of those. I was <laughs> trying to be a journalist. I had my uh, my show in the morning uh, from eight to ten, and then stopped by after. Just took like just looked at the scene. And listen to uh, you know and saw the crowd. I mean, it was really really cool atmosphere and stuff like that. I'd re- really recommend it if it ever comes to you know anywhere near you. I did had... you
3: go see the SEC
6: nation? Oh, oh no, I did not. Um, I that was from that must have been from uh, where was that one?
3: Well, yes. in the that, past, that's the one with been... Finebaum
6: in it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, and Tebow <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tebow, yeah. and uh,
3: they
1: normally don't send them to the same place. No, nah. no, but um. And and I they know,
3: usually sit up in front of the stadium over, yeah. over
1: yeah. there. Yeah. And when, um, I had been over here for a game as a fan in quite a while, just going straight to the stadium. But when I came over here, in fact, it was two years ago, David DuBose had come on over to the Tide Tent and... A park. first of all, I was hell trying to find a parking place. Yeah. But I, I got one. And I walked to the quad, and it was a sea of tents. All the way from Bidgood, across in front of the Gorgas Library, all the way to the other side of what's one of those buildings. I'm trying to at least show some intelligence here. Uh, void hall. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. it, yeah. and it was, I just, I, I dropped my jaw. Yeah. Oh, man. These <laughs> people were having some fun. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun when uh, when you're winning, too. All right. right. Peyton, you're not necessarily a journalism student major. You're taking some
6: journalism. You're a marketing major. What did you say your minor uh, was? news media major with a okay. sports focus? So not exactly marketing. And then uh, communication okay. studies. Tonight. Golly.
1: But you and I took a lot of the same yeah. courses. Yeah, But uh, I wanted to ask you candidly. Do you do you remember Deion Sanders? I mean, it was way before your time as a player,
6: right? Yeah, as a well, yes, it was before my time as a player. But of course, you know, I know Deion Sanders. I mean, that's one of the most, you know, in terms of football, that's one of the most notable names in the last fifty years, at least. You know, would you say that um, in the overall,
1: Lorely? Would you say in the overall picture of college football right now, is he just below Nick Saban as far as recognizability? Recognizability, yeah. Is he?
3: Maybe he in may, that I way. I, want to I, say I, it. I was afraid you were going to say like in coach, and nah, I nah, was going to ask you nah. what you were <laughs> He's <two> oh.
1: <laughs> But yeah,
3: I, you know, I think everybody knows the story of Coach Prime, as he likes to be called now. And uh, you know, back. In the day when he was neon Dion or, you know, prime time, whatever you wanted to call him, he was a great player. And now we're, uh, we'll see how great of a coach he is. He was able to take two of our assistant coaches away that should be here, uh, which hurt, but. You know, he's got a good story going. He's got some great players, yeah. and we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens now. Um, he, in my opinion, needs to tone it down.
6: Yeah, no, I agree. But you talked about turn, uh, return on investment for Colorado, I mean, they, you know, uh, bring out the Brinks truck oh, to get yeah. this guy in there. And, I mean, their notability on the, you know, day-to-day sports talk has been, I mean, nationwide, everywhere I turn, I mean, ESPN or, you know, any of these other stations, they're they're talking about Colorado, who was 1-11 last year. Which you know, would you believe that? But yeah, I mean, some of the athletes they have on that team is just—it's uh, really impressive the way they've been able to. You know, it just shows the transfer portals just like goes to show the impact of that on college football. Mm-hmm. And how you can retool a team, but I don't know if they're quite ready to compete for a packed full title as some people are saying. So that, I agree to the point—the tone it down point—I agree completely because you know there's a lot cool. of hype for a team that's probably going to finish the year around 500. Good. It's
1: good to hear that from a younger guy. Yeah, because, because you know, uh, conclusions, a lot of yeah. them, a lot of them will um, seems like your generation is kind of drawn to the loud and the obnoxious and, uh, and you're not and I'd love to meet Try your to parents they, they yeah. you well. what's but, interesting
3: uh, I um, heard some comments from his son who there's no doubt who raised him oh, and, right. and I was like okay you've got some great stats everything's going well for you you're winning but yeah, no, you it's need
6: Nebraska. To- Nebraska is not. Like, I, Nebraska's got. A, I like Matt Rule; he's a good coach. But at Jeff Sims, he's you know, he's such a fantastic athlete. You talk about fantastic athletes, but you know, it's it's like a a thing where it's a processing thing where he's he's, not, he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. And um and then TCU, they were ranked 17th, but it's obvious that that was more because they were coming off a national championship appearance. I don't think they they lost like 16 starters. I well, think well, they so. lost
1: Max Duggan. Yeah, and Dug- yeah. <laughs> Man,
6: and um, I think we're seeing more and more how much he meant to that football oh, yeah. team. GCU's like, yeah. average. Right, yeah, yeah, and then Garrett Riley, the um, new offensive coordinator for Clemson, they he was there last year and they were just predicated on the, the smash run running the football with uh, Kendra Miller, who's a New Orleans Saint now. I'm a big Saints fan myself. But um, him and then um, throwing, to Quinn, throwing deep shots to Quentin Johnson, who's also in the NFL, Max Duggan, you know, that was sort of the identity and you see that now it's just kind of like on, on, it's a totally night and day situation with them. Can I toss a few more generational questions i mean you you are the voice of
1: america voice Uh, of alabama uh, youth right now yes i am uh, am. we're going to take a break and when we come back we will uh, continue our live broadcast we'll be here until two but of course NS free is open until late tonight all day tomorrow come by and watch alabama and south florida you're listening to big noon sports
0: go inside the alabama crimson tide with the gary harris show
4: Hey, everybody, coming up Friday on the Gary Harris Show. It's the TGIF edition. You know what that means, a lot of fun, including our Alabama football trivia contest. We'll be giving away another great prize from T-Town Men's T-Town Gallery in the University of Mall, My SEC point spread predictions, plus Adam Amin, Brad Pritchard with the Auburn Report, and more. We'll have a lot of fun.
0: Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and tide100.9.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few passing showers this afternoon and tonight. The sky occasionally cloudy. The high today 83, tonight's low 69. Tomorrow mostly cloudy. A chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside.
5: This is Big Noon Sports.
0: Live
1: from Innisfree. Have a cold beer and good burger. i got my um, usual here to go, my James Joyce burger. Uh, Peyton, did you study a lot of James Joyce poetry when you were... Uh Can't say that I did, but (laughs) you still have to take English. Yeah, right now, freshman.
6: Yeah, yes, you have to take. I had to take two English classes, 101 and 102. You know, I was as a high schooler, I was short of a above, you know, a a standout student. had to get some credits done early on. Wasn't able to pass many AP courses, so you know, getting better. Hey, getting better though. Getting the study habits down. It's gonna be fun. All I gotta ask you some generational stuff, and we were talking
1: about how uh, Dion. Really appeals to the youth of America. Um, that's what kind of what they like, and it makes me ask the same thing. I talked to Lars about this yesterday. I'm moving on to Pat McAfee. Now, I, he he absolutely I, 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 he aggravates me. But I'm 65 <laughs> you know
2: years old. Guess who's on you know? Pat McAfee right now, making his first comments? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, He's guess the who only Makes one a weekly uh, appearance. Yeah, Nick Saban.
1: Yep. And I thought, yeah. why would you do
6: that? Recruiting. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. He's appealing to the mass to yeah. the seventeen year old. Yeah, and he's leaning into it too. And you talk about him and that sort of a you know, like that sort of thing with the Deion Sanders thing that we were talking about before the break. Um, to me, it's just like seeing him and watching him. It's like you can take all these just athletic players from around the country that didn't have it work out with whatever, you know, previous coach they were with. And they're going to gravitate and give Dion their all because of the way he's just relates to all of them and the way that he's able to resonate and um, elevate, I think. I think even the most athletic kids, into the like reaching their potential. I think he's a coach that's. If his best quality as a coach is the way he's able to, you know, relate with those young men, for sure.
3: Do you like Pat McAfee, Laura Lee? No.
6: Okay. I don't. I'm not a big Pat McAfee guy either. No, so. he's I He's crude like. when yeah. he doesn't need to be. Yeah. I think yeah. He's crude to attract. Oh, you know,
1: It's all about know, clicks. It's <laughs> All about clicks. He's crude to be cool, man. Yeah. Um, Laura
2: Lee, I wanted to ask you a question. Um. Uh, My my students are embarking on writing their first pieces for uh, my class, sort of a little bit longer stories. And uh, one of of my students had this great idea. Like, I want to write about what it's like in Tuscaloosa the day after a home defeat. So paint the picture for me of what your Sunday was like after I walked out of Brian Denny Stadium and... uh, Nick Saban had just suffered his first double digit home loss ever in Tuscaloosa.
3: Well, um, it was not fun. Uh that night was not fun. It everybody goes in mourning. Um, I'm I wear rose colored gla- or crimson colored glasses and understand that we won a national championship. We've only won it twice undefeated. Uh, under Sabin but this is an early loss, but when you look at the schedule, you're like, okay, okay, we can do this, but we have to be perfect.
2: But can you feel it in the town on Sunday morning? Like yes. When you're going about your business? Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yes. like, does, does it
2: look like, like,
6: does it it different? Like, are there less people things. out on the streets? And, and, and Peyton, I'll go for you. to. Well, you know, it's just like, you look at last weekend and there's like, this town's not supposed to have 500,000 people in it or whatever, however many people were in it. And you could feel it. The energy was just indescribable. And then after the game, it's like it just, the, the switch Fizzled. flipped. I mean, truly. And On Sunday morning, it's like night and day. I'm driving around. I can't drive around when I'm, you know, on the Friday, Thursday before. But on Sunday, I can drive around plenty fine. You know, it's just that sort of difference. You can feel it for sure. It's, uh...
1: It's a very unusual feeling. Oh yeah. <laughs> After I lost don't have many of those. Does it have? Nope. Nope.
2: nope. Before I became affiliated with the university and I, I really started caring about Alabama football, to be frank, um, when I first moved down here, I loved Alabama football Saturdays, and Matt knows why, because all the golf courses were free. Mm. <laughs> you could just play anywhere in the state and get yep. on on yep. a beautiful Saturday afternoon.
1: I've got. A a,
2: a, a lot Sorry, of wait, you don't
3: understand that. I don't understand that concept. No.
1: At you, all. And based on your family, what you told me about your parents, you literally have never experienced. That. No,
3: and but, I never will. So
1: you're not. I used to always laugh. At my buddies and say, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to the games. So you bring your wife. No, she's going shopping. You know why? Great time to but go she shopping. Can just go to every rack. Right. And in the meantime, he's spending five hundred dollars in Tuscaloosa. The, the stores are loving it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway but um do you uh Compare this campus to others that you've seen. Um, I personally think it. You just talked about Denny
6: James and all. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, you know, in terms of my campus exposure, I only applied here. I, you know, I knew I've been coming here since uh, probably like fourth, third, fourth grade, and probably even before that. But um, that compa- this compared to like a LSU or an Ole Miss or even um, you know, as somebody's I've been a UVA too, like or Virginia. And um, the compare, I think it's just the modernization. Of it all, if that's even a word, Uh, in the past, my, I mean, my parents drive around. They're like, it's shockingly different. They um, graduated in the '90s, and um, they drive around. They're like, these buildings just were not here. And you know, just that just goes back to the Saban, sort of like his impact on the entire university Uh, and the way buildings just come out now. You know.
2: On that same theme, of your circle of friends, how many of them came to Alabama, not not just because of Nick Saban, but they came here because Nick Saban uh is in Tuscaloosa yeah yeah right like or, yeah. Or, or played a role
6: in the in the reason why they made the decision to come i here. think i think nick Saban will It's like that him the football program the magnetism around it makes you come here and visit and then once you visit here you just see how amazing it can be and how fantastic you know the weekend life can be and so like when i have a friend to visit here um or when i was like applying for college and was like i'm going here y'all can come with me if you want and they come up they're like oh it's you know we hated it we're from louisiana we Hate Alabama. All of them. I remember? Mean, I remember watching the 2019 game, the last home loss, with a bunch of those guys, and they were all just like, like completely just giving me so much help. Of course, it's extremely hard. That was a hard year for me. But bring him up here, like these kids who hated the university, come up here and they're like, "This is awesome. It's like indescribable." So I think that the pull that he has brings them here, and then they don't want to leave afterwards.
2: Well, I say um, as a as a writer never use the word indescribable. <laughs> got yeah, yeah, to describe it. That is your job to describe. I got a little homework. And don't, I don't, can't. Can't. don't Hello, use over. the word nondescript. <laughs> uh, okay. I, it just drives me nuts when writers use uh it was a nondescript building. Yeah. Well, you know what?
1: You you can describe describe it, it, yeah. Describe it. See, and it's let be me tell you, three judge. stories is yeah. made out of brick. Is it <laughs> stucco? You know, Lawley, help me. I'd say I I remember when I was here. Um, if you were going to build a new structure or modify another that was existing on campus, it had to have four columns. Do you
3: remember that? Yes. Because
6: is it. Still in place? New buildings have four columns, uh, and I mean like colonial, yeah, like, like colonial. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not from what I see, but I haven't. Know, I'm not a big architecture guy myself. So wow. I remember when well, that they built it. Well,
3: doing the business school. I mean, you know, I know y'all are communications people on business and Houston Hall and uh, Brookwood right. Library and. You know, over there they have columns.
1: Yeah, well, the 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 buildings that surround the quad are just gorgeous. Yeah,
3: well,
2: they're
1: older. Yeah, they're older. Do you have a favorite spot
2: on campus? Just from your days of being a student here, living here now, and
3: Bidgood Hall. I mean, that was the business school (laughs) when I when I was there. So my time was spent between Bidgood and. My sorority house.
2: What I meant uh, was, like, is <laughs> there a secret spot where you'd go and kiss a boy? Well, what <laughs> you can't.
1: It's not elementary not school. Not in my sorority
2: house. <laughs> that was for
3: sure.
1: No, I'm, that's still that is still not allowed, is it? No,
3: not no, really. You can't
1: do anything but enter the parlor. Is that right? It's if pretty you're a guy, yeah. you not much. You can't no, go upstairs.
3: Not, you can't, you can't, can't go, any, go yeah, upstairs. Yeah. But the Phi Mu house is in all the magazines for a reason. It is. Absolutely don't they, gorgeous. They
6: pay extra to have it white, don't they? Like uh, no. the, five, they don't. No, uh, I thought that I, no, I but we're that.
3: only one of three white houses yeah. on campus. Yeah, yeah. So when we oh, really. rebuilt, we got to keep it white. Wow. Now, and our it's chandelier. House, the you'll you'll appreciate this. Our chandelier is from the Waldorf Astoria. Mm. Wow. There you go. That's, funny.
2: <laughs> when I was at about uh, a dilapidated hotel in New York City. <laughs> <State. laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Laura Lee. It, it used to be great. Uh, right? That's, Back in the that's probably years. why
3: <laughs> we have their sandaliers. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, when I was here, Reese Pfeiffer was called the old Union Building. You remember mm-hmm. that? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it was the Communications Building, which it is now. Well, but the wall, the the paper was pulled, you know, being peeling off the wall, and uh, the floors were kind of dingy, and the stairwells, and of course Reese Pfeiffer uh, is a palace now. But you, you would go to uh, I wouldn't and, go that. Far. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I've seen your office. My uh, office. No, you, you know what? Peyton was just in yeah, my office, yeah. and it's uh, a step
2: my, up. my office is bigger than my first apartment in New York
6: City. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing.
1: Anyway, and the old Union Building with communication students was kind of rowdy you know almost going back to the spitball days um and then i minored in marketing spitball. and we'd be and we be over there at the old union building part and I, I walked into bid good and i thought i was attending a funeral yeah. Well, we're you serious. You guys, we serious. You are serious. Yeah. Well, I made it through with a marketing liner. Hey, what a fun show. Thanks, yeah, babe. Awesome. I yeah, really appreciate y'all having me. Laura Lee, tell everybody when they reach out to you. I know they want to more and more every week.
3: Well, you can reach me on social media at The Bama Broker or my website, thebamabroker.com. Those are the easiest ways. My phone number is 205-790-7229. Tyler Buckner.
1: Wins big. I think he's going to play
2: really, really well, and I think this is going to be Tyler Buckner's team moving forward. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe, yeah. I was, it, it's still starting. I really. Yeah. Th- 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 Nick Saban made this change for a reason. Yeah.
1: And, you know, when he usually makes decisions like this,
2: it's odd how often they work out. Yeah, All right. This may be, uh, literally, this may be the, the last uh, two hours is when we figured
1: out when Alabama won the national championship. We'll remember. Hey, come by and see the folks at Free. We'll talk to you all Monday. Hi, Barry Buckner.